I've got wow. water jugs. I've got coolers. I've got a whole. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Take it back to water jugs and coolers. Or do we keep that in, Dirt? Brad's so nice. He yeah. saw me needing to sneeze. <laughs> and he paused. actually paused. He just waited on he you. Did. He did. Nice he's such a nice, considerate Seriously. man. He's wow. not like your normal butthole YouTube personalities, <laughs> you know? He is not that. Welcome to The Aggressive Life. Here we are. It's 2023. Derek, do you have any interesting resolution for 2023? Uh, yeah. I'm actually trying to play more. I want to have some more fun. Real? Are you serious? Yeah, seriously. Seriously, yeah. Well, today's podcast is, is for is you. for me. Did it's you like say, you did this for me. Did you say that just because you know what we're going to no, talk about today? No, seriously. Seriously. Uh, all right. right. Trying, trying to have some more fun with my family and kids. All right. That's good. So, you know, if we want to improve our life, improve our year, one of the things to do is really think about what you're doing to restore yourself, what you're doing to play. Study after study shows that spending time outdoors is one of the best things you can do for your mental and physical health. It's been connected to lower stress levels, better sleep, improved immune function, less depressive symptoms, and on and on it goes. And so today I'm going to push you into an outdoor adventure. And we're going to do this because it's probably maybe the only way I could get a guy to monopolize his time, a guy who I see regularly on social media. So I, I like to joke all the time that my podcast is really all about me. It's really what I want to do. And so this is all about talking to a guy that I've wanted to talk to about. This guy has served 26 years as a Navy, in the Navy, working the medical field, and also apparently has a secret security clearance. So we're going to see what kind of secrets I can wring out of this guy. Brad Cowitz and his son started making videos of their off-road overlanding adventures in 2015. They post them to YouTube under the name Trail Recon, and the rest is history. Eight years, 90 million views later, their YouTube channel is one of the go-to places to find overlanding videos, gear recommendations, custom builds, on and on and on. So uh, Brad's really a giant in the world of overlanding. In case you're wondering, what, what is overlanding? Overlanding is when you get in a vehicle and you go over the land. Wow. Yeah, you go over the land so far that you actually have to sleep in a tent or in your vehicle and not in a hotel. That's basically what overland overlanding is, and he's got a real passion for that. So today I'm going to get some tips from him. We're going to talk shop, and I hope you get some inspiration that's going to help you figure out what you need to do in 2023 to spend more time outside and play. Welcome to the Aggressive Life Brad Cowitz. Did I say your last name right? I haven't even heard you say your last name. It's Cowitz, but you almost got it. It's okay. I won't hold it against you. <laughs> Darn it, dude. I should have asked you that when we talked ahead of time. Cowitz. All right. Sorry. Sorry, Brad. Man, so it's really an, an honor to, to be with you. We've got a lot of things in common. I can't wait to pick your brand things. But just give us a little history of your story, Brad. This is pretty interesting. You've gone from being in the military for 26 years and it seems like every time I see you or one of your channels, you got a new cool vehicle that it makes me lust after every single time. I didn't know that you could be paid that much as an ex-military ex guy. It's amazing. But just tell us about your life and give us a little bit of your journey. 
Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the podcast, man. I, I'm always happy to share uh, experiences and try to inspire people to get out and do what we're doing. So it's great to hear that uh, he's got a New Year's resolution to do more of that because I think that's awesome. I make YouTube videos for a living and never in my wildest dreams did I think that this would be something that I would be doing later on in life. Uh, it's pretty wild. You know, I joined the Navy, uh, right? I went to I went to college for like, like a semester and I was like, this isn't for me. And so I joined the Navy because I wanted to just have an adventure because at the time it was, you know, join the Navy and go have an adventure. And, and so I did. And for 26 years later, that's, uh, that's what I did, which was crazy. I never thought that I would stick around the Navy that long, but I had an amazing time, uh, being active duty and doing some awesome work, some humanitarian work, working in the medical field, some awesome deployments. But, uh, you know, as you get past that 20 year mark, you got to figure out, well, what's what's the next step? And so I was like, you know, we'll stick it around for a little bit longer. Um, you know, I got promoted. Life was good. And we hit 26 years and there was a decision that we had to make because we were going to have to move. And the kids were in high school at the time. I have three sons and we didn't want to do that. And I was like, you know, I think it's time to to pull chocks and retired, retired from the Navy and worked at Behavioral Health Science Department of the Naval Health Research Center as a contractor for three years. Now, somewhere along the way, at the end of my 26 years, we bought a Jeep. And uh, the first time that we went out in that Jeep, my son had his phone out and I actually wasn't even paying attention because I was so focused on driving uh, and my off-roading for the first time. <laughs> Which is terrifying if you don't do that very often. Like you take someone out for the first time, actually put them in four-wheel drive, off pavement, where if you wreck, no one can come get you. For the first time, it's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Just like anything in life, when you do it for the first time, it's, there's all these things going on. These senses are all alert, you know? And so I wasn't really paying attention to him, but by the time we got home, he had already edited a a little video on his phone from our day's trip. And I was like, man, that is super cool. Let's just do that every time we hit the trail and just have like a little video diary of our trail adventures. And so really it was just kind of a personal thing for us. And so we did that a few times and people started watching those videos and they started asking, you know, hey, how, how hard was that trail? What did you do to your vehicle? And I was like, wow, this is weird that people are even watching these. Uh, but obviously there was uh, a need for some knowledge about off-roading. And so we tried to figure out how to make better videos. And so we did that over time. And at, at, simultaneously, I had retired from the Navy and was working as that contractor. And, uh, and things just kind of kept growing and growing both sides. My job, the contractor job was amazing. I uh, was doing some great behavioral health sciences studies with Marines and sailors. And at the same time, we were making all these crazy YouTube videos and just having a great time and learning more about that process. And things finally came to kind of a head. It was just like, there weren't enough hours in my day to just do it all. And, uh, and so my wife and I, over a couple month period, had a long conversation, like, let's just Let's just do a leap of faith and, and see if we can really make this YouTube thing, you know, a, kind of a business, a career. And so, yeah, fast forward almost almost eight years. And uh, and when I get up in the morning, I, I film YouTube videos. <laughs> that first trip you and your son did, did you normally camp? Was that normal? No? No. And in fact, uh, we oh, I didn't even know what the word overlanding meant. Uh, we just were going off-roading. We just wanted to go hit some trails. The problem was after a while, I mean, we were going out every weekend. Sometimes we would go out Saturday, Sunday. We would go out both days, but we were trying to find trails that were further and further away from home that we hadn't done. And so eventually we were getting home at like, you know, midnight and we're like, well, let's not do that. Let's just stay somewhere and camp. And that way we don't have to come home super late. 
And so we were calling it overlanding. In fact, our first time out camping in the Jeep was a complete disaster. Uh, it's a memory <laughs> we'll never forget. Uh, we, the, we, got, we were out in the desert and then we had like 40 mile an hour winds. We couldn't even keep our tent up, that we couldn't cook food. It was just... It, it was a memory that we learned a lot from, uh, and we ended up driving home. We got home at like two in the morning because we're like, forget it, we're not camping out here. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how the overlanding, camping, off-roading, I mean, really, let's be honest, just called car camping. Uh, that's how yes, it kind of all right, started. It is. So. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, car camping is a good way to put it with um, with a more arduous ride before you get there. I like that. So I used to be one of these guys who – Someone said they were going camping. I have a good buddy of mine was reminding me of this who said he was going camping. I was like, ah, no, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not interested in the camping thing at all. Just, yeah, not me. And I started getting into it because my son and I took a motorcycle trip. He was 12. He rode the back of my Harley. And I said, I, I, we can't afford to stay in hotels. And so we're going to have to camp. And so we had this cheap tent and we did that. And then I uh, didn't camp much until he was 17, got him his own motorcycle. We went on a motorcycle trip. And this time I told him, look, I got to buy gas for two motorcycles now. I got to do this now. I can't afford a hotel. So we have to camp. And we did that for a whole week and ended up actually loving it. And people always poke fingers at, oh, camp. Uh, oh, my idea of camping is staying at the days in without Wi-Fi. <laughs> oh, I haven't heard that one before. That's really fascinating. Well, what's, what's your best, best pitch as to why somebody should try or consider camping? And what do you think it is that keeps people from having a good time at it? Uh, you know, I think uh, I think everybody should do it. Uh, one, it's it's therapeutic. It's so nice to be able to just disconnect, to get away from all the concrete, from all the buildings, to get out there in nature. Uh, we've proven that that's therapeutic for your mental health. Uh, and people, I, I think there there's some resistance to like you know their comfort zone. They get up in the morning, they're in their house, they drive to work, they go to the store, they just they're in this loop that's comfortable for them. And so getting out to some place that you know, you don't have those creature comforts is, is I guess it's a, it causes a little bit of anxiety, but once you're out there and you start experiencing what it's like to just kind of decompress and enjoy nature and have a little adventure out there, uh, it, it is so rewarding. And, and you may not get it right the first time. We didn't get it right the first time, but the more you do it, just like anything in life, the, the more comfortable you're going to get at it, the better you're going to get at it, and the more you're going to enjoy it. And I will tell you, some of the best memories in my entire life have been out with family and friends, uh, out on the trail, out at some great campsites. Uh, you know, you, you don't remember what you watched on TV probably last week, but I guarantee that if you go out and have a, a weekend adventure out on the trail camping, uh, that's something you're not going to forget ever for the rest of your life. Right. You remember that trip where everything worked out really well? No, you don't remember that. No, no. You, but you remember, you keep telling the story about the first time you and your son went out and got your tent blown over. Yeah, we remember those things. Yeah, yeah. Those are those are memories that we have for forever. Uh, and and that's, that's the word adventure, right? Adventure means that something is going to be challenging. It's going to be hard. But you know what? It, it, makes, it makes it worth it. I mean, when you get out there and it's too easy, yeah, it's fine. It's nice to get out somewhere and have an easy trip. But when there's a little bit of, you know, you got to put the Jeep in four low and maybe get through an obstacle, or maybe there's some weather that you have to endure, uh, it just makes it special. Maybe not at that very moment, but I guarantee if you if you figure out the way to persevere through those obstacles, through those challenges, through the weather, uh, you're going to come out much, much better on the end. I got into overlanding because I was having all these adventures uh, with my son and with my friends that were really great. I mean, go on a motorcycle ride someplace for seven days and sleep on the ground the whole time and all that. It was It was really, really fun. But I kept having 
I, I kept leaving my wife out. I couldn't take my wife on these things. We're on some really, really gnarly trails where two up just would not have been a possibility. And then simultaneously, motorcycling, I wouldn't say got old, old for me, Brad. It just, I got to know everything. I knew the techniques. I knew my packing systems. I could tell you where everything was in every pannier or every bag, rather, not a hard bat, not a hard case, but a bag. I could tell you all, and I, I knew how to put my roots together. I knew, I knew the right GPS for me. I, I mean, it was all dialed. And yeah. then it got boring. And it was like, okay, I, I'm good at this now. I know what I'm doing. I need something else or something new. And that's when Lib and I, my wife, took up overlanding. And I found you on YouTube or wherever it was because we, I wanted a power wagon and you bought a power wagon, which was the wagon or the, the truck that I have. And I was able to kind of go to school with you on your mods that you made and lit for my wife and I. It's been a massive blessing, something we do together, something we learn together, something we talk about how to pack things together, and yeah. we have adversity together. Do yeah. you find this a normal story with people you know in this situation? Yeah. You know, it, 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 when we first started out, uh, we didn't realize the impact we were going to have on people's lives. That wasn't really something that we thought about. But the more that we started having these adventures, whether it was my friends or my three sons or, or now my wife, who's been doing this with me for about two years— when we go out and we share our adventures and and we share some of the adversity, we, we tell it like it is. If there's a challenge, we, we talk about it. It does inspire other people. And now that's a, it's a big responsibility. It's, it's one that we don't take lightly because if we're going to do this, we want other people to enjoy it, uh, to be inspired by what we do. And so we're very careful about you know the message that we're presenting. We want it to be family friendly. We want folks to just get out there and and share some of the, the joys and the memories we had in life. You know, Regina and I were talking, my wife was named Regina, we were talking recently and we're like, we wish we could rewind in time. Uh, and have started doing this so much earlier in our life because there's the you know I mean being in the military for 26 years I was gone a lot you know we started doing this on the, the last year I was active duty and and if I could have rewound and spent more time with my kids in these adventures man it, right I, I just want other people to right. take advantage of that now don't wait you know if if you have even an inkling of uh, of desire to go out and and camp with your family and spend time with your family just take advantage don't wait just go do it. I couldn't agree more. It's it's one of my big regrets that we didn't do it early on. And it bonds you together with people like like literally nothing else does. And yep. people maybe balk at the expense. They'll say, well, it's, it's expensive. What? There is some expense buying the right gear. But have you taken a week-long vacation recently? Have you taken people to a timeshare recently? Have you taken people to a, you know, a, to an all-you-can-eat buffet? I mean, it's... It's it's a cost, but it keeps giving. It's a really great investment. Yeah, it doesn't have to be super expensive. I mean, I, I, we're guilty because we've you know we've upgraded our gear over the year. We've upgraded our vehicles, but you don't need all that to get out. Uh, you really just need some basics. I mean, I met, when we first went out that very first time, we literally took our hiking backpacks and threw them in the back of the jeep, and so we had a tent, a sleeping bag, a small stove. We didn't have much, so you can go down to you know your local store and pick up some basic camping gear, go out, and then you'll figure out you know what that maybe that that you know mattress pad wasn't as comfortable I'd like, so you upgrade you know your sleeping system, or maybe your tent wasn't big enough. You know, you can figure out what works and what doesn't work. You doesn't, doesn't have to be this huge expense in the beginning. Uh, you know, I think for a lot of folks, fuel these days is probably one of the biggest uh, expenses. It's, you know, because you can camp free in a right. lot of places. So, Did your military service, you think, set you up for this? 
Yeah, you know, I think I think now looking at it, I don't think I realized it in the beginning, but um, you know, we did a lot of deployments over the years. I was a corpsman, so we I was stationed with the Marines several times, and we did a lot of deployments on the ships, and I did a lot of deployments in the field. We did humanitarian missions, and so when you're doing those kind of deployments and missions, there's a process that you go through, right? You're getting your gear ready, you're kind of uh, you know. T- planning all your logistics, you're going through all your supplies, the the leadership of the people that you're going to be with, and and then the lessons learned at the end of it. And so all that kind of applies to whether it's taking a a one-day trip or a you know, a week long trip, you're going to go through some of that same process. And so I think, yeah, I think some of those skills uh, have carried over. Uh, But I think at the end of the day, it's just about having the right mindset. If you go into this with a positive right mindset and the desire to do it and, and, and leave all that negativity at home that, uh, just get out there and know that you're going to have a good time. You're going to persevere through any challenge. It's going to be epic. I just find that when I am outside of civilization, and I'm having to deal with the elements, whether it's I'm successfully dealing with them because my rain gear is operating properly or unsuccessfully because there's a wind I just can't overcome. One thing it has in common is I don't think about my normal life. I don't think about my job. It never crosses my mind, and that's incredibly restorative. Yeah, I agree. There's... I mean, I, I mentioned that I worked uh, Naval Health Research Center with behavioral sciences. There's proven science that being outside, outdoors, uh, and being disconnected is therapeutic for your mental health. You're going to be, you're just going to have a better mindset uh, and you're going to feel better. Uh, and it's, so it's good for you emotionally, it's good for you physically. Uh, but, you know, you, there, I remember vividly, uh, we were out uh, one time and it was like 19 degrees out at camp and I was freezing cold. And I was like, I just want to go home. Uh, I don't want, you know, I was just like, okay, I'm just going to persevere through this. I'm going to suck it up. I'm going to make it happen. And one of the guys I was with, he's like, Brad, you're not cold. You just have the wrong clothes. And I was like, right. I was like, he is absolutely right. And so when I got home, uh, that next, uh, the next, uh, you know, at the end of that trip, I, I think I went online and I ordered every piece of warm clothing that I could think I needed <laughs> and then some. And so I've never been cold. Well, I can't say I've never been cold, but I've never been cold like that uh, since. And I think, you know, it, it, again, it was all about having the right mindset. I could have just said, forget it. Let's pack it up. Let's just go home. But I didn't. We persevered. And uh, and now we've come out better for it. Now I don't freeze my tail off when we go camping. So Well, it is nice to, I think we got something in common that we're sort of in our prime income earning years. We don't have little kids around. We're not saving for college anymore, all that stuff. And so, yeah, like if I think of something camping, I just buy it. It's wonderful. <laughs> if I, if I, <laughs> that's really weird. For most of my life, that's just not been the way it's been. But yeah, that's a, that's a big, big deal. Yeah, I I, uh, I cheat a little bit nowadays because you know we packages would come in the mail and Regina would be like you bought something else you bought something else and now I just say well it's for it's for the business it's for trail recon <laughs> right exactly <laughs> well you got to be getting a lot of free stuff right now right yeah I don't actually I, I, I it's a choice that I make to not uh, get a lot of free stuff because uh, I think it's important that one if I'm using something it's something I believe in and and sometimes you know I mean I work with a lot of manufacturers. I know a lot of people in the industry uh, and there's a lot of great products out there, but sometimes getting freak stuff uh, comes with some obligations and uh, and sometimes it's easier just to, you know what, I'm going to buy this out, test it out. And if it doesn't work, then I'm not going to talk about it. Or if it works, then I'll, I'll share with it and everybody wins from it. So, All right. So let's shift the business side. I want to come back to camping. We're not, we're not done with that, but I want to, this is fascinating. This is part of what I think draws me to you, Brad. This is uh, this is just some encouragement for you. I don't know if you hear this. I, I assume you're aware of this. You seem like you're pretty self-aware, but you're kind of a big deal 
on YouTube in this environment and you don't act like you're a big deal. You're kind of a big deal and it's an accidental big deal. You are, uh, at least in kind of the realm that I'm in, I like to be in this in this adventure over anything. You're, you're some sort of a, a celebrity. And a lot of those folks who are in that, it's been their goal and aspiration to be a celebrity. In fact, they, they actually want you to know how cool they are. Now, if you're pretty smart, you can hide it pretty well, but you can tell like you just want to be seen and you like being cool and all that. There's like, there's none of that with, with you and your channel, which I find so helpful and so enduring. Just what you just said right now, like what you could be taking free product and saying nothing about it. By the way, I take free product. I take, you could contact me. I won't necessarily talk about it, but I will take your free product. I'll t so uh, maybe you're better than me. I'll take some free product. I'm not going to talk about it, but all I'm saying is that heart of yours, that heart of yours is, um, I think is commendable. What is, is this, this can't be new information to you. What do you think about what I just said? I, I you know, I appreciate it. I, I, I try to just be myself. I, I think in the beginning, we didn't really understand what we were doing. And so we were kind of goofing around and I, and I go, and I've watched some older videos. I'm like, Oh, Brad, what were you doing? The way to connect with people is just to be yourself. And, and I think, uh, if you walk into a room and there's, you know, there's 20 people in the room, you know, you're probably going to have a good relationship and connect with, you know, 15 or 18 of those people. And, and maybe there's a couple that, you know, hey, that was nice to meet you, but not somebody you want to hang out with. And I kind of think about that on, on YouTube. I, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be something that everybody enjoys watching. I just want to be somebody that enjoys hanging out with me and my family. And so I, the way I, that's kind of the way I think about it. I'm like, you know, I, I just want my buddies to come with me, whether they're watching or they're out there on the trail. I don't want it to go to my head. Uh, I don't think I could ever let it go to my head. I mean, we're just camping and off-roading. What what's so special about that, honestly? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. What was the moment, take us through the process, because a lot of us would love to monetize something we'd love to do and would love to be able to use social media for that. You're kind of living a dream you never even had for, yeah. for a lot of people. Can you take us to the process of like, like step one was I just did what I love to do and I put it on video. You did like step one was that, and then you made another st statement of, and now it's how I make my living. Like what was step two, three, four, five, six, seven? Like how did you keep testing the water or trying things that would grow the channels slash business? I mean, can you, could you unpack some of that for us? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, there's no roadmap for, for YouTube. Um, I mean, I think there's probably more information today about how to like be successful on YouTube versus when we started, but you know, when, you, when I was in the military, there was a roadmap for everything, you know, like, you know, go do this duty station, you know, get promoted, do this work and get promoted. And so my whole, whole life was, was like that. And now it's just like, all right, well, let's just try this out and, and feel it out. And so I think in the beginning, it was, we were just trying to figure out how to film, like how to do it right uh, and how to make it so it was something that I wanted to watch. And I figured if it was something that I wanted to watch, something else, somebody else might want to watch it. We didn't, we didn't figure that out until uh, much later on. If somebody was starting out today, my advice would be this. One, uh, you know, if you want to do YouTube, it's very hard. It's a lot of work yep. uh, because you are you are the producer, you're the film crew, you're the editor, and oh, by the way, you're also the talent on, on the video. And so there's a lot that goes into that. And it's not something that's easy. I mean, to produce just a single, you know, 30-minute adventure video is a lot of work. It's, there's a lot of work before we even get in the Jeep and go. Then there's the work while you're on the trail and then after the fact. And so 
in the beginning, we didn't take it very serious. So there wasn't a lot of that work. But then when we realized that we were we were starting to grow, we were having an impact on people's lives, we started taking that more serious. And that's when that, you know, I, I, it was self, self-inflicted self work that I wanted yeah. to make sure that I was producing good content. And and so I started putting in that work. I started studying hard on how to make videos, on how to edit, how to tell a good story, uh, all mm-hmm. stuff that even to this day I am studying and trying to get better at. Um, that was a big transition was going from just goofing around, having a hobby, just playing around to now taking it serious and seeing if we can make good videos and make the channel grow. And then as the channel grows, there's a lot of other external influences that start to happen because obviously partners want to work with you. Um, You know, you, you want to be at some of the uh, events like the Overland Expos and some of the off-road expos. And so you got to figure out how to balance uh, some of those things that happen and working with partners, some great people uh, out there that will help you along. And so that there was, those were two big pivotal moments, I think was going from being a hobby to not being a hobby. And then just trying to make good YouTube videos and then quitting my job. Um, and that was, that was, you know, that was a very, very difficult decision because I had an, you quit your job, you quit your job to do this. Correct. And so that you quit your job and then you said, "Hmm, how can I replace that income? That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was to the point, well, thankfully I had my retirement, my military retirement. And at the time, Regina had an amazing job. She's now doing this full time with me, but there was, you know, to give up a really good job, one that, uh, had a, you know, had a opportunity for a lot of growth and it was a well-paying job. And to say, I'm going to be making YouTube videos for a living. Uh, it wasn't one that we took lightly, but the huge benefit of doing that, have making, have made that decision was now I was able to really focus. So it wasn't just coming home at night and working on editing and filming in the garage. And then the weekends now, when I get up in the morning, uh, I, you know, uh, this is what I do for a living. It, and, and you have to be self-motivated to do this. You can't just stand around and wait for somebody to tell you what to do. You are, again, you're, now I'm a business owner. You know, Trail Recon is a business. And so it's, it's from everything that we do, whether it's communicating, doing podcasts, uh, filming videos, working in the garage, uh, you, have to, you have to stick with it. And so it's a lot of work. And so somebody that's starting out to do this, uh, the opportunity is massive. Uh, but you just have to grab it and uh, and put in the time. What was the sign for you that, oh, I might want to start migrating this way before you made the jump? Was it like a certain number of followers, certain number of views? Like what was the early thing that told you, hmm, this could be a, a career life game changer? So we reached a thousand followers. And I remember at the time that, man, I, there's a thousand people that want to watch our videos, which was mind blowing to me. Uh, but you're not going to make a living uh, doing YouTube full time if you only have a thousand followers. So I don't know if there was a single point of like the amount of followers or the amount of views, but we were starting to receive some ad revenue from YouTube. Uh, that was I was like, all right, th- there's something here that maybe we could do this. And at the end of the day, I just I didn't have enough time. Like I would get up in the morning, I would go to work, I would come home. And when I came home, I was focused on, you know, creating content, social media, the website, you know, responding to emails and answering comments and and all the things that go with it. And so there was just, it was all consuming. And I think there was a point in there where I just, something had to give and I couldn't take it anymore. And, uh, and there was this, you know, there was this opportunity of YouTube. It was like, all right, I, I got my military retirement. Regina's got a good job. 
let, let's do this and see what happens. And, and I got to tell you, it's one of the best life decisions I've ever made. And it's been unbelievably rewarding. What was the, the step that was the scariest with that? Uh, I think it was, it was walking in and giving my two weeks notice, uh, at that job, because, you know, when I retired from the military, you know, there's, there's some hesitancy about like, you know, am I going to get a good job when I retire from the military? And I was so blessed, uh, to have gotten this job. It was an amazing job. Uh, but uh, yeah, to walk in and be like, yeah, guys, I, I, I'm quitting. And, and you know, when they, and they ask, what are you going to do? And I told them YouTube, I, I, you know, I worked with, at the time I, I worked, I worked with a bunch of brainiacs, you know, these guys all had master's degrees and doctorates and everything. And, uh, and they're looking at me like, you're going to go do YouTube for a living. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what I'm going to do. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really funny. I I I find your story really countercultural and inspiring. You know, this is a podcast called The Aggressive Life, which if I had to rename the podcast, which I'm not going to rename it, but what, what I think pro- probably would rename it, uh, if I had to have a number two, would be Taking Initiative Life. Mm-hmm. Aggression isn't about, you know, saying bombastic things or putting somebody down. It's about, I'm going to take control of my life. I'm going to take a step. I'm going to, I'm going to take initiative. And you really don't fit the profile. Um, if I said, okay, we're going to take a guy who's got a stable career. He's in the military, used to taking direction, follows the plans and procedures. He needs to follow the plans and procedures or else we're going to be in war. He's, he's a low-key low guy. He, he doesn't need to be on a stage. He doesn't, he doesn't want to – he doesn't carry himself as a way to hog attention. Like all those things together, like put, take any one of those things out, it would mean that, no, oh, this isn't the right career path for you. And yet you did. It's a, it was an aggressive move or you just kind of defied whatever perceptions there would be of somebody like you and you chose that you wanted something different and boom, don't, it works. Don't forget, I was medical my entire 26 years in the military. And my degree is in, is in healthcare, right? I have a bachelor's degree in healthcare. Wow. Wow. YouTube is so far detached from all of that. So you're right. Yeah. Let alone you have no degree in overlanding. You have no degree in in whatever. (laughs) No, correct. (laughs) Gosh. So what's, what is it uh, about you being able to make that step? Cause we're not here to try to get people to be overlanders. I hope some people do. We're not here to try to get people to leave their jobs and take on YouTube, though maybe that happens. Hmm. We're here to just encourage people like, take initiative, man, take a step. What's the transferable principles from your situation to others? Have you thought about this much? How do I say this? So when you, there are many different types of people in this world, and in the military, you, you see it from a leadership standpoint, that there's a lot of people that they, they just they just want to come to work and they want to be told what to do and they go to work. And then you see those people that they take initiative. You don't have to tell them what to do. And those are the people that have amazing success in, in, in the military, in their life. And, and I think that's something that I've always just tried to figure out is I don't want to wait for somebody to tell me what to do. I want to figure it out for myself and do what I think is the right direction. And if I make a mistake along the way, well, I'll figure that out and we'll, we'll adjust fire. And I think this is the same kind of thing. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I have to decide what I want to do. And if I don't take initiative, nobody's going to tell me, hey, you need to go film this video or you need to go plan this trip. You right. have to take the initiative to do it. And the reward is so amazing when you do that because somebody didn't tell you what to do. You decided. And you might make a mistake, but that's okay. You'll learn from it. 
That first check that showed up from YouTube, do you remember how much it was? Oh, it might have been a hundred bucks. I don't know. It wasn't much. I th- I, in <laughs> fact, in fact, I think it, it, you had to have you had to earn so much before they would send you your first check. So it probably was like fifty or a hundred dollars or something like that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you not only have that stuff going for you, but one thing that was cool is that you were you were doing something you really wanted to do, and you guys get the impression that you didn't set out as a master strategy of how can I have a career change and how can I make some extra income? You just said, no, this is what I want to do, this camping overland thing. And really, I could make money doing that? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, look, it's nice that it's a business and I can function off it, but I'll tell you, it's it's stories like yours and it's stories that we hear over and over when we go to some of these events uh, where people have, you know, they've bought a vehicle and now they're taking their kids out or or now a couple has reconnected in their lives because now they watch one of our videos and they decided to go out there and have an adventure. And and, and, I, and I've heard people say, that, you know, they were in a hospital bed and all they did was watch trail recon videos, uh, you know, for the entire week they were in the hospital. And, and it's those kind of stories that honestly keep me motivated to keep me going. You know, I think about that uh, all the time when I'm filming because I want to, I want to make sure that that uh, father that's watching the video with his kid or or that guy that's in the hospital that's maybe trying to recover for something, that they're getting something that's enjoyable, that's inspiring, and that hopefully has a positive impact on their life. And so that's what we want to continue to do. Yeah, it's it's really cool, man. All right, let's get back to camping here. Tell us your vehicles, just so we all, we can all covet. It's just so we can covet what you have and judge you and wish we were like you. Tell us tell us the vehicles in your stable right well, now. First, let me just preface it by this. I've been a car guy my entire life. Like ever right. since I was a kid, my dad and grandpa and I, we would go to car shows. So I've always been, cars are my thing. Like that, I had a room full of Hot Wheels. Like that's me, right? So having uh, multiple cars in my driveway is nobody surprised about that that knows me. Uh, but right now, uh, the one that uh, I've been working on for the last uh, couple of weeks is a 1974 Jeep Cherokee. And, uh, and that's an old classic that I just love tinkering on. The, the garage smells like gas all the time, but it's fun to get in there and fix on that one. And so that one is, is one that uh, we're going to be taking out on some kind of some retro camping trips we're going to be doing here soon. Uh, I've got the silver 2015 Jeep Wrangler. And that's the one that started it all. And, uh, and that one, I, uh, that's not going anywhere. That's going to be in my driveway for a long time. But it's actually in the shop as we're recording this right now, getting some other tweaks to it. So there's always something to kind of modify with that. What tweaks are you doing to it right now? Uh, we're putting uh, taller springs on it because I was having just a little bit of rubbing. So it's actually going to have a six-inch lift uh, by the end of the day, which is pretty crazy considering uh, that when I first bought it, I was like, ah, it's a Jeep Rubicon. I don't need to modify it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Um, and then we have the Jeep Wrangler 392, which I think is uh, something I, I didn't plan on buying. But now that I have it, I'm so thankful I did. It's like the ultimate Jeep and it's the ultimate hot rod, honestly, for me. Um, I've, had, I've had Mustangs, you know, over the years. And this thing's faster than a Mustang and it's a Jeep. And so it's just, it's crazy uh, how much really? more. Really? Wait, wait, I don't even understand this. Jeep 392, what's that stand so for? So it's a V8. It's got 470 horsepower, 470 pound feet of torque. And uh, it'll do zero to 60 in 4.3 seconds. Uh, wow. So it, uh, yeah, it's fun to drive on the road, but it's also super capable off-road. And uh, it's an amazing vehicle. And I, and I I think it's unfortunate they're probably not going to be building them much longer. Uh, so I'm honored to have one. And uh, and I'm going <laughs> to, I love driving that thing. Just going to the grocery is, store is fun. 
And is it tricked out like a Rubicon is with lockers and all that other stuff? It's got it all. In fact, you can only buy the 392 in the full Rubicon outfit. So it comes with just about everything. There's only a few options on it. So so keep going. Keep going. What else do you have? <laughs> uh, we have uh, my wife's Jeep. She has a 2018 little uh two-door JL Wrangler. It's yellow and she loves that thing. Uh, and she's, uh, she's actually excited to start using that more and more here, uh, in the coming year. And so that's, that's pretty cool. I'm excited to, uh, to let her kind of not ride passenger anymore, but she's going to be driver, which is going to be a lot of fun. And then we just recently got, uh, a 2015 Toyota Tacoma, uh, which is not a Jeep, which people are pretty shocked about, but uh, that's uh, that's my son's project. So they're gonna they're gonna help out with that and work on that, and that'll be you know they're older now, they're in their twenties, uh, mm-hmm. but they still like to come out with me, which I'm blessed that my kids that still cool. like to hang out with that. So that I, I didn't screw up too bad, and so uh, that's gonna be a, a vehicle that they can use whether they're going on their own or whether they want to come out with me. And so we're gonna build that up in the garage and just have a little bit of fun with that. And uh, and sadly, uh, that's it. There, there, what? Uh, what about your power wagon? Yeah, I, you got I, ready? Uh, okay, I'm behind. You don't have your power wagon? No, we don't have the power wagon anymore. What? We don't have. What's the wrong with you? You call yourself American? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know the power wagon is an awesome truck. It's an amazing vehicle. Um, Damn straight it is. It is. It is. Uh, I, I I can see the hearts breaking across the world right now. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I I bought that truck and I and I actually sold the Gladiator at the time to get that truck uh, because I wanted to to have some fun in a full-size truck and it's awesome. I love it, especially on long trips. That thing is um, really really comfortable. But I found that I just wasn't using it uh when I was, you know, making the choice to go out somewhere. I was taking the Jeep. You know, that that's just my preferred vehicle and and we put a camper in the back of a power wagon which a power wagon's not really meant to have a camper right. in the back, but we figured out a way to make the suspension work with it. And I thought that was going to be, uh, you know, the perfect vehicle for Regina and I. And she and we really had a good time in that thing initially. But what we found is we actually prefer the off-road trailer behind the Jeep. Um, and so that's kind of that's kind of our go-to right now is we throw the trailer on the back of the 392. If she and I want to go have a, a week-long trip, that's what we're using. And so, again, the Bronco, the the uh, Power Wagon just. It wasn't good. I was using it for truck stuff. And so, you know, the market recently was amazing uh, for selling a used vehicle. And so we just right. kind of took advantage of that. I don't get the pulling a trailer. I got to tell you, I don't get it at all relative to a truck. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've been on a trail and I had to turn around. Mm. And just knowing that was a possibility and knowing I have a, a trailer back there with a tight trail would make the whole ride not fun. You know, I thought the same thing in the beginning. And, and there's a long story that goes about how we first got a trailer because we were actually borrowing a press trailer from Patriot Camper originally. And I thought I was just going to test it out and just give it back and just offer my my thoughts on it. Come to find out, I really, really liked having a, a trailer. Now, having a good, capable trailer that you can actually take on some legitimate trails is important. In that, and that's what we have right now is a, is a good Patriot Camper's trailer. It's got a great suspension. It's super nimble out on the trail. And, and there are some limitations, but the the advantages that we've had using that trailer have far outweighed those limitations. You know, you're going to get you're going to get you know fuel economy is going to be down, but you have a trailer now, so you can carry extra fuel. You know, you're going to be a little bit longer on the trail, so you got to plan that out a little bit more. But we have been on some legitimately hard trails, even a section of the Rubicon Trail 
or I've towed a trailer, uh, towed one of these trailers. And so they will go. Uh, but there are, there have been times where, you know, if you're in the, in the sand, in the deep sand or in the snow, or as you mentioned, turning around, trying to figure out how to turn around on a mountain, sometimes you got to work through that, but it's not something that you can't work through. Uh, I tell you, I'm not a believer at all, but I'll tell you what might incentivize me to try is just to try something new. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, Kind of fun to try something different. I'm t- I'm going up to Alaska this this year. Last time I did it was on a motorcycle. I rode from Cincinnati to Anchorage, then down to Fair up to Fairbanks, Anchorage, then all the way back until I've, my bike finally broke down for the last time in South Dakota, and I was utterly wasted. And I just threw in the towels. It, it, it rained. It rained, Brad. Every night I feel like I set up in the rain and every morning I tore down the rain. It was, it was brutal, brutal, brutal. And I'm going to return. And this time my wife and I are going to go up and we're going to go up in that power wagon going up in luxury. It's going to be freaking amazing. <laughs> yeah. That, you're going to have a blast. I mean, it's so comfortable in that vehicle on long trips. So yeah, it's going to be cool. Now you talked about your Jeep Cherokee, your 70, 74, did you say it was 74? 74. And you mentioned retro. Yeah. You did go through a kick, or at least one video I saw, where you were getting into retro camping, like not using Gore-Tex, not just using canvas and Coleman aluminum canteens. At least you were talking about doing that. Are you actually doing that now? Yep. yep. Uh, I haven't done it yet. I, I want to get this thing running and reliable. Uh, you know, I feel comfortable driving it around town, but I'm not ready to take it like you know, on a 500 mile off-road trip just yet, but I have collected uh, some pretty cool, like vintage camping gear. So camping gear that you would have had in 1974, I've got all kinds of cool stuff. Now there's some things that, you know, like I'm not going to, uh, finding a sleeping bag from 1974 is not what I'm going to use. Right. But, but right. Uh, a sto- I found a stove. It's a 1958 stove, Coleman stove. I've got wow. water jugs. I've got coolers. I've got a whole <laughs> okay, <laughs> take it back to water jugs and coolers, or do we keep that in, Dirt? Brad's so nice, he yeah. saw me needing to sneeze, <laughs> he and he paused. actually paused. He just waited on he you. He did. He's, what a such, nice guy. he's such a nice, considerate Seriously. man. He's wow. not like your normal butthole YouTube personality. <laughs> no, he's not, you know? he is not that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going. Yeah, so uh, anyway, and I've got this, I actually had this, uh, one, somebody that follows the channel, and they had this old Coleman kitchen setup. It's got like this table, it unfolds from this brief case. And they're like, we would love for you to have this. Uh, and so they sent that out to me as super blessed. Of course, I sent them a, a bunch of swag and stuff. But so we've got all kinds of cool camping gear. Uh, some of it will be a little bit modernized, like my sleeping bag and my sleeping pad, but the rest of it is going to be cool. And so the goal is to just go out and kind of camp like, you know, camp like our parents did, just have a little bit of fun. And and I think that'll be important to show people like, look, it's nice to have some of the new gizmos and gadgets, but you can still have a great adventure with just some of the basics. That's a that's a great vision. Boy, not having a jet boil would be a real would be a real challenge for me, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, this stove you got to pump it up, right? You got to right. pump it up to get it going and so yeah. I mean, I can have coffee in literally 3 minutes in the morning with that jet boil. I can, yeah. you know, it's just easy. All right, Brad, are you ready for the lightning round? This is when I ask you a question and you have to answer it like quickly, like like a flash of lightning. Are you up for the challenge? Can you handle the lightning round, Brad Cowitz? Let's go. Let's go. All right. I have to admit, I'm already going to call this already. I think I'm going to violate the rules of the lightning round because I think I'm going to want you to expand more. So I'm already already calling right now, Dirt. All right, here we go. Favorite place to go overlanding? 
uh, Highway 395. There's just so much to see up that area. There's the desert. You got Death Valley on the right side. You got the Sierra Nevada mountains on the east side, on the west side. It's just so much to see up there. Water, desert, mountains, snow, rivers, lakes. Awesome. You're a Jeep enthusiast. Why? Uh, the Jeep is the most capable off-road vehicle. There's a lot of other vehicles, and I know I'm offending some folks out there. There are a lot of other vehicles that are extremely capable, but the Jeep is built to be nimble, to be capable, to not break down on you with the, you know, you got all the kind of suspension and you can just modify the heck out of it. It's like a Lego. If you want to put it on there, you can put it on there. All right. Okay, let's divert right now. Now for my now for my, now for my follow-ups. All right. First of all, you lost me at Tacoma. I like Toyota a lot. Not a Tacoma fan. The payload on them sucks. How can it, and I don't like sitting in a front seat where the floorboards are three inches below my rear end. That's just not comfortable. So I'm not sure about the Tacoma choice. But it's your son. Anything your son does, you got to support him. That's cool. Secondly, though, isn't the problem with the Jeeps, though, payload limitations as well? Yeah, and that's why I like a trailer, because then it's not such an issue. Uh, you can take some of that weight that you would normally put on your vehicle and put it in the trailer. So you're right. There there are some limitations to the Jeep. But I guarantee that if you take a stock Rubicon and you take a stock just about anything else out there and you go hit a trail, the Jeep's more capable. Uh, I, I love other vehicles. Yeah. I've owned other vehicles. The Jeep just gets it done. That's a good word. Maybe for coaching for people who are thinking about doing this, I don't know if you want to call it hobby, sport, pastime. I mean, my recommendation is and probably yours as well. Start with what you have. You know, the most important vehicle is the one that's going to get you out. 100%. Yeah. You don't have to go crazy hardcore trails. There's plenty no. of nice, easy, scenic dirt roads out there where you're still going to have an awesome time. And you can do that yeah. in a, you know, a four by four Subaru. Right, right. Yeah, that that that's exactly right. And then, and then a lot of these discussions, I'm kind of poking the bear, like criticizing his choices because these are endless overlander debates. The bottom line is, there's an X factor of what vehicle gives you a charge. It's like people say, "What's the best bike I should use?" I say, "Man." They're all probably going to get you there. Which one gives you an emotional charge just before you put your leg over the seat? It's the same way with this, I think. Do you agree with that? Yeah. In fact, uh, I would also add that a Jeep Wrangler is probably more capable than most drivers. Like you're almost not even going right. to, you're not even going to drive it to its limits. Uh, and I, and that could be said for the same for like, you know, a, a Toyota 4Runner, TRD, you know, one of the TRD pros, those are super capable. The Ford Bronco, even the Power Wagon, those are all extremely capable vehicles and most most people aren't even going to push them to their full limits. I was out in Colorado, oh gosh, two years ago, three years ago or so. And, and at the time I overlanded with a uh, Chevy 2500 four-wheel drive um, a Z71 package. So it had some bash plates underneath, but it didn't have lockers. It had a very, very stiff suspension, a three-quarter ton trunk three-quarter ton truck, right? I loved it, loved it. But there were some things that's like, eh. So one time out there, it's like, man, maybe we should do Black Bear Pass in this. And I just thought, I don't know. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm not going to do it. Well, then the next year, I was out there for a video shoot, and we had rented a Rubicon. I realized Black Bear Pass is right there. I'm like, Oh, I am. Ta I don't care if we sign something that says we can't take this rental on Black Bear <laughs> Pass. Those of you who don't know, Black Bear is one of the more intense ones that people aspire to go to someday. It's only one way, and there's always a person or two who dies every once in a while. And I said, okay, I'm going to get on there, and uh, we we get in, and uh, there's four of us in there, and yo, know, I'm I'll give you some kudos in your thing. Th that thing made that trail so easy. 
I had never had hill descent before. To put on a hill descent at the, those really difficult steps with the falls on the left, oh my gosh, and the articulation, it was really sweet. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, Black Bear Pass is one of those trails for me because uh, I'm a guy that does not like heights or shelf roads. Uh, that was a check in the box <laughs> done. <laughs> Probably not a trail that I will ever do, but I think it was one that, you know, is a great experience. Uh, but yeah, the, the Jeep, I mean, of all the places that we've gone, uh, that Jeep just gets me where I want to go. I mean, we get really remote. We've done some really hardcore technical trails and, uh, and there's other vehicles that'll do it, but the Jeep's just been, it's been a good tool for me. Most important piece of overlanding gear. Most important piece of overlanding gear is uh, your attitude. Absolutely. Uh, If you go in without the right attitude, it's all going to be a mess. Thing that most people forget, overlook, or just never think about on their first overlanding excursion. Um, They don't check the weather. (laughs) Yeah, good. Most aggressive mistake you've made while on an outdoor adventure? Uh, allowing peer pressure to get the best of me. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we were on, on a, a big event and uh, there was, we had a choice to do five different trails with the group we were on. And they said, uh, you guys can choose one. And we, we decided, you know, we're on our way. We don't want to break the vehicle. We're just going to do the hard trail, not the extreme trail. And a bunch of guys were like, oh, Brad, there's not enough people over there. You got your trail recon. You got to go do the extreme one. And I didn't want to do it. I knew better. I knew better than to do it. And, uh, and we made a choice to do it. And so uh, it took us six hours to go 1.6 miles on this trail. It totally destroyed my Jeep. Uh, but, I, I, you know, I knew better than to let my friends uh, kind of bully me into a decision that I knew I shouldn't have made. So. so do you regret that you were bullied into a decision or do you regret that you had the damage on your vehicle? Or what, what about it do you regret? Uh, you know, I think it was, it, it was a bad decision to do. Like I, I would not advise anybody to do that trail in the Jeep that I was driving at the time. It just, that was a buggy trail. You're supposed to do that if you are a super capable vehicle, like a buggy that's not even street legal. Um, and for us to go do that trail was, it was, it, you know, we made it through and we, we, you know, I, I would say we had fun, but it was a challenge, uh, challenging fun. Uh, I just wouldn't advise anybody to do that. And, and, um, yeah, I guess that's the part I regret is, you know, we shouldn't we shouldn't have promoted that so much. We should have just been like, this is not something you want to do. Well, what I like, though, is that you did push and you actually use your equipment. My truck, my power wagon is I'm pretty confident it's the most abused 2021 power wagon in the nation. I, I'm pretty confident that. It's got 17,000 miles right now. I just replaced both bumpers on it from Lockhart Basin. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. I had to replace both of them on it. I got scratches all over. I know you can't see the scratches because it's white. That was an intentional decision. And sometimes I feel really bad about it. Like, what the the hell am I doing bringing this this expensive truck out? It has all the bells and whistles and just taking places where no one else has. There may have never, ever been a full-size pickup truck that's ever done Lockhart Basin. I don't know. There's not a lot, a lot. And I'm beating the snot out of it. But then I say, yeah, but it's a piece of equipment. That's what it's for. It's not, it's, it's not for show. It's to use. So I'm kind of glad I'm using it that way and actually proud of the battle scars, even though it cost me a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Battle scars are always nice to talk about, but they do cost you a little bit. As long and as long as it's not a body panel, I'm okay with scratching and banging up stuff. So Yeah, that's true. Newest piece of gear you've gotten that you're, you're most excited about? Ooh, good question. Um, ooh, I, ju- I just got an electric uh, vest 
my wife got me that she knows I don't like being cold. And so she got me this vest and you push a little button and it keeps you warm. And it is, I have no shame when it comes to staying warm. And this vest is amazing. It's the best piece of gear that I've gotten in a long time. How long did the batteries last on it? I don't know. I, I, we used it at camp for a full weekend and it ran the whole weekend uh, while I was wearing it. So I don't know the limit on it. I probably need to test that out because I'm sure people are going to start asking that question more often. You did it a whole weekend. And you didn't recharge it. Well, I used it like in the morning for a couple hours at night for a couple hours. Uh, I wasn't yeah, like, I still. Ran, and I still had charge. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Brad, is there anything else that uh, we should be talking about that uh, we haven't talked about? You know, I just I, I just want to hit on the whole attitude thing. I think it's so important. I try to talk to people about this as often as I can. Having the right attitude in life, uh, but especially uh, when you're out camping with family and friends. You know, don't let don't let challenges and struggles uh, turn you negative. Just figure out a positive way to persevere through them and find a way uh, to overcome some challenges and obstacles. It's just so much healthier. And by you having a you know positive attitude, you're going to inspire are the people around you, family and friends, and maybe even if folks are watching you on YouTube. So, Brad, this has been a fantastic conversation. It, uh, spending personal time with you is everything I hoped it would be. And, um, and I'm really thankful for you holding my hand through some of the decisions you made and hopefully helping our, our listeners take a, take a little push, you know, Hey, 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 before I go, everybody, listen, we don't do these things so that you could say, Ooh, that's something interesting. I haven't thought about before we do this podcast because we want to push you and you don't have to be outside, but you do have to be pushed. You don't have to be an overlander, but you do have to be pushed. That's what we're about here. Trying things that the previous version of yourself wouldn't be up for trying, taking a risk. When the CPA says, don't take a risk trying to experience life that's beyond Netflix and YouTube. That's why we're here. And so we hope we got, we gave you a little bit of inspiration today. We've hoped that you've maybe gotten something that's going to give you a little kick to try something that others might not understand. Like maybe you don't understand Brad and my fixation with camping and overlanding. That's okay. Find something that's a good push. Anything you want to add to that, Brad? No, hundred percent, man. Get out there and do it. Have a good time. Make some memories. Awesome, Brad. Hey, hey, before we before we let you go, let's make it easy for people to find you and what you're doing and where it is and all that stuff. So give us the down low. Uh, Trail Recon on YouTube, at Trail Recon on Instagram, and trailrecon.com. We got all kinds of uh, great gear on our website and t- over 500 videos now on the YouTube channel. All right, we'll see you next time on The Aggressive Life. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening. For all things aggressive living, why don't you head over to bryantome.com. Find my new book, Move, a guide to get up and go forward, as well as articles and much, much more. And no matter where you listen to podcasts, why don't you take a second and leave us a rating, leave us a review. It really, really helps us drive new listeners to the show. We want to help as many people as possible, just like we may have helped you. We want to help others. So why don't you help us out? And if you want to connect, find me on Instagram at Brian Tome. Aggressive Life with Brian Tome is a production of Crossroads Church, Cincinnati, Ohio.